This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 305 DGS. Hour from now, we'll talk to Chris Cuomo. Back into the show, we're going to talk to Mickey Dolenz from the uh, Monkees. I don't know why anyone... Listen to anything I say uh, to the extent that they do. Just on break, the Gilman team uh, sent a gigantic wedding cake size cake, you know, saying thanks for all your help. Um, and I always feel like everyone should come around and just thank me and Reardon, you know, because we're the ones who do it. But everyone's just like, there's cake. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but anyway, there is uh, like a very small piece of cake already cut separated. Mm-hmm. So being a South Arkansas swamp goat, I just grabbed it with my fingers, <laughs> turned out to be all icing, shoved it in my mouth. And then the icing that was left on my hands, I just rubbed it on my pants. Sure. And right. this, this is the guy telling you, yeah. like, well, uh, Dr. Kesar from Harvard, let me cross swords <laughs> with you. It's like, I, I have icing on my pants. You have icing yeah. on your goatee, too. Do I really? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I guess uh, I, I would argue that. <laughs> Did you, like, see infinity when you took a bite and it was all icing and you're just like. Oh. No, it wasn't pleasant. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, oh, yay. <laughs> I was like, oh, this I just failed at cake eating. <laughs> uh, I would argue, Dave, that even the smartest people you've ever heard of do things like that. Yeah. They all have cake on their pants. I like that. Yeah. You know Elon's got cake on his pants. Oh, my God. Um, one thing I'd like to say, because I, I I shouldn't say I take a lot of crap. It's just I get criticized for being too liberal and blah, blah, blah. But what it really comes down to is I, I, I don't like Donald Trump, and I don't like people trying to foist their views, their religious views onto other people. That's That's it. Other than that, I'm a small government, low taxes, personal responsibility, uh, you know, balanced budget, pay off the debt kind of guy. Uh, to that end, here's something that would be considered Republican and not uh, not Democrat is I think it's ridiculous. I'm not a fan of the student loan stuff and the, and the debt forgiveness and all of that. Um, I have big enough shoulders to admit that possibly some of that is the fact that I paid mine off. And so there's a little bit of the, you know, get off my lawn kid kind of thing. But uh, Biden just okayed nine billion since people have to start paying their loans. They haven't in the last two or three years. That would have been a friggin godsend. Um, I just think that it's ridiculous that we're doing it right now. 
You know, you got Ukraine, and we're always going to have stuff. We're, we're a country. Yeah. But you've got Ukraine. You've got our own border. You've got uh, so many irons in the fire. The wheels are still very, very wobbly on the democracy, if you ask me. And it just seems to me, I recently had an epiphany, as I shared with you guys, when I actually looked at what I was spending on things like DoorDash and eBay. And I was, I was ashamed. I mean, I have a family. I was ashamed. And so I have turned it around. It's only been a couple of weeks. It's almost like being sober, but it's only been a couple of weeks, but I haven't done that stuff, and it feels so much better. I wish the country could be like that and go, dude, do you realize what we're spending on DoorDash? This is ridiculous. We have to get a hold on this. We have a fiduciary responsibility to this country full of people, and we are spending like idiots. Like Dave Glover on DoorDash. We've got to pull this stuff together. And yet it's like, you know what? Here's $9 billion for, for student loan debt relief because I know you'll vote for me. Thoughts? I definitely get what you're saying. It is frustrating to do that now when people have had three years of a moratorium. It's not as if they've been squeezed this whole time. They've had a break this whole time. Um, so I totally get what you're saying. Uh, I too wish we could rein in some of but the thing is, I never know what the unnecessary spending is until the end of the year when Rand Paul will put out a list of like, here's what your tax dollars were spent on. And, you know, he intentionally goes through and finds the most ridiculous yeah. things. But it seems like we could start with the ridiculous stuff and then, you know, with a hatchet and then take a scalpel and go in well, with these you know bigger what? things. You know what, though, Rach? I don't have to know anything. I don't have to know one thing that the government spent its money on. All I need to know is it's spending more money than it's taking in. That's all I need to know. You can't do that. And it's taking in a lot of money. It's taking in a lot of money. <laughs> like, that's the part that's so confusing. No one can do that. And I've, I've had very smart friends who are who forgotten more about politics than I'll ever know, who told me, no, Dave, that's just the way it is, the whole debt-based economy and it works and it's great and you just don't understand it you're not thinking at a high enough level guilty as charged because if i spend more than i bring in i go negative and eventually i can't buy gi joe the kung fu grip at christmas but somehow what applies for every human every family every business doesn't apply to the government and that just can't be right and by right i mean accurate well, that I mean, can't be true. That's exactly how a lot of rich dudes operate. Very true. They spend more than they take in because they they finance everything, uh, so their debt is greater. And it's just that's a it's almost a, it's almost a way to build wealth for individual people. Um, what strikes me, and I either way, I I think I've been on the, we've when we've talked before. I don't like the student loan forgiveness thing. I think it's a stupid idea. I think it's pandering for votes. There's I don't, just other things we could be doing. But keeping in mind that nine billion dollars compared to a six point three trillion dollar budget is very small percentage, and you know we have all these other things that are taking up. Uh, and and by the way, how much of this could we make up? So our deficit. Uh, I think for 2022, our, our budget is 6.27 trillion, and we took in five trillion. Right? Could we take in close to that next trillion if we enforced tax laws? If we stopped giving subsidies to super profitable industries, could we make up those differences there? Because I think we could make up a lot of those differences. That's not to justify the nine billion. I don't like that nine billion being spent. 
but we're always talking about other things. We're never talking about, hey, you know what? We should probably collect the taxes we are owed from the really rich people. Hey, you know what we should other do? We should stop giving money to very profitable industries. They don't need it. They have their own. But we never want to talk about that, and we and nobody will in D.C., because guess who pays for their, their campaign funds? Guess who fills those coffers every every four years or two years, whatever happens to be what office you're in? So I would agree. We need to rein all of that in. But we also need to collect what we are owed because it's, again, when I say it, when we say it this way, people say the government. No, no, no. We, 330 million Americans, that's for all of us. And if people are able to get away with not paying what they owe or not paying what they should because they got schemes and yeah, loopholes. Well, I mean, when rich guys like Warren Buffett, Mitt Romney are paying 6 to 13% and Dave Glover's paying 45 plus, something's gone wrong. Right. Something and, has gone wrong. And if you bring in $5 trillion, guess what you can spend? You can spend $5 trillion. But if you do, you can't pay off any of your gigantic debt. We all relate to this. Yeah. We all relate because we all get paid something. We all have some debt somewhere. We all wish we could spend more than we bring in, but you can't. I mean, well, you can. it hasn't been that long ago for me because I only started making any money in like 2002 or three. It hasn't been that long ago for me that I couldn't buy Nick Christmas. I did somehow by hook or crook, some scheme or shenanigans. <laughs> but in like 1999 or 2000, I was trying to take back alabaster chessboard sets to Zarfus Luggage, who didn't even sell them, just to get $30 to buy Nick some toys. So I was poor out of my own stupidity because a Washington Law School grad shouldn't be poor, but I was because I was a dumbass. But I have lived for years where $20 would have made a big difference in my life. I'm much better now. I'm not by any means rich or wealthy, but I don't worry about whether my debit card will go through its snooks, but most of my life I did. And so when I see the government acting like a complete a-hole idiot with money, it just makes me crazy. But here's the thing. I said this about Hillary Clinton when she was running like she's lucky she's done so many terrible things Mm -hmm. because you can't narrow them down. Donald Trump, same kind of thing. All like the stuff that General Kelly just said that he said about troops would have ended any other president before him. Obama says that it's over with. But he's done so much that it's like throw it on the pile. And I think it's the same way with spending. Like Rach said, who the hell knows what they're doing? All we know is that we have deficits every year. They get bigger and bigger. No one seems that upset about it, right? Well, because it, you don't see it. You don't. It doesn't impact your day-to-day life, which is what happens with so many of these no, things. No, I mean, like, other than, like, a Rand Paul or something, Mitch McConnell just keeps going. Chuck Schumer just keeps going. Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy. Because everybody wants keep, their piece of the pie. Right, they just keep doing it. Look, if you... Well, like, I mean, like... If, wait, let me finish. If you bitch about something... And complain about something, but then you just go do it. Well, you have you, you're a hypocrite. You have zero credibility with me, and that's what they do. They they'll get up there on the soapbox and they'll try to get votes by we need to rein in this, we need to. But then they just go in and they pass them again. So why should I believe anything you say when you just keep doing the same thing over and over again? 
Yeah. I mean, did did the national debt not grow in the four years that Donald Trump was in there? So if it did, then what are, what are his people out here saying, well, we got to stop spending? Well, why weren't you saying that in 2017 or 18 or 19? Because you're right. It's the consistency that's irritating. And the only one saying it is Nikki Haley. You know? Good for Good her. point, yeah. Three twenty DGS. Let's do some audio. What do we got? All right, we've got some audio of McCarthy and Matt Gates. I'm not sure exactly what this is, and I'm not sure who put it in, but let's just let her rip. You all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of. He was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. I mean, we're getting email fundraisers from him as he's doing it. Join in quickly. That's not governing. That's not becoming of a member of Congress. And regardless of what you think, I've seen the text. It was all about his ethics. But that's all right. Ooh, it feels like we are so far past what's becoming of someone in public office. Yeah. It just feels like we've thrown that in the trash. Oh, yeah. It doesn't just feel like it. It is happened. Yeah. I was just really surprised to hear that out of him. Like at his press conference, he stands up there. He wasn't and he, pulling many punches. I yeah, watched, he, and like I said, I watched the whole thing last night. He sta- to, to stand up there and say, like, look, we all know who Matt Gates is. We all know what he's after. We all know what he's doing and what kind of person he is. Like, just very surprising stuff to hear from somebody who 12 hours before that was the speaker. Well, you know, to again about the institutions. And this is just a normal guy talking, but the the whole rule about one member can ask for you to be ousted seems like just a bad, dumb rule. Yeah. Whether it's Hakeem Jeffries or Nancy Pelosi or John Boehner or Kevin McCarthy or Steve Scalise, that just seems like this is dumb. Let's make it a little more difficult than that. Well, it was yeah. more difficult before... Kevin McCarthy became speaker. I yep. thought. I thought that was one of the the rules that they put in place. Was like, okay, I think we have to the lower only one the threshold. Didn't have it in in modern history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, my audio is Ron DeSantis. He's talking about the border crisis, uh, but it's it's just kind of funny what he says at the end. You now have the governor of New York saying the border's a disaster. The governor of Massachusetts, governor of Illinois, mayor of New York City. They're all saying it's a disaster because, you know, they're getting a fraction of what the border communities get and they don't want anything to do with it. Of course not. So we I've done more on illegal immigration to secure the border than Biden has done. And he's the doggone president of the United States. Come on. You just don't hear doggone that much anymore. I appreciate that. Uh, Bold prediction. Probably stupid. Uh, I think it's possible that DeSantis doesn't even get reelected as governor of Florida. Nikki Haley has passed him up in most of the polls, passed him up in New Hampshire. Uh, I just think that this has been a gigantic womp, womp, womp for him. And I think that I think people are just going to be disenchanted with him. And in in Florida, he's causing so much trouble. And I'm not a Floridian, so it doesn't matter to me. I don't have a dog in the fight. But I just think his stock's going to drop lower than most anyone involved. 
He's I I think to use a Gloverism, I think he's showing his ass really. <laughs> yeah. Well, really he's badly. he's a nerd and he's awkward and we're all seeing it and we're all going, "Ugh, no." Uh, and also, in fairness to him, we at least I built him up in my mind yeah. because when January 6th happened, I foolishly thought, "Well, Trump's out. Mm-hmm. I wonder who the next person will be." And and I don't mean this offensively. I really don't. I thought, "Okay, who's the next meanest?" Because the the GOP has a appetite now for aggression and i looked at desantis and thought well he's mean he's from harvard he seems less crazy he's probably going to be the guy and then you like see him move in three dimensions and you're like oh okay yeah like i i guess that that still will trump the meanness factor like no pun intended but that will still the meanness factor can still be overshadowed by the like yeah the weird faces and the white boots and the it's also i mean like we don't see it a lot because we don't live in florida but, I mean, my parents do. I've got a lot of friends that live down there, and it's been in the news that uh, there are a lot of industries, construction industry, disaster recovery industry, things like that. Uh, the agriculture there, they don't have enough workers. They've cracked down so hard on illegal workers that these, comp- these, these businesses are now – there are construction sites that are just sitting there dead. Nothing's happening because they don't have people to work, and they just now are trying to pass a bill that would – loosen restrictions on work rules for teenagers so that they can cover some of what's not getting covered. Like there, there are things that people are going to look at and say, all right, maybe it sounded good, but in practice it may not be so good. Yeah. Wheels. What's your audio about you too? Oh, this is just, this is interesting. So we're always talking about energy, right? Um, you know, the, the environment, whether it's environmental or to me, a lot of it too should be also geopolitical, right? We shouldn't be just trying to get only off of fossil fuels because of the environment. It should be that, but also maybe it shifts the power in the world a little bit. Maybe we don't have to be as reliant on Saudi Arabia and just kiss their butts all the time. Well, this is interesting because nuclear power for a long time was kind of scary, right? We don't want meltdowns. We don't have these problems. But Bono just talked about this recently. You too used to protest against nuclear energy. And now Bono's talking about it, and he's said, look, we, 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 we were wrong. We, we, this is the right way to go. But now, yeah. all the fear and dread mm. of splitting the atom and using it as a weapon of mass destruction, there may be clues for how we get out of the climate crisis through fusion rather than fission. Though even fission, which is you know, yeah. regular nuclear energy, is getting safer and smarter, and we've campaigned yeah. against nuclear energy, and we've kind of turned around a little bit on that one. And so the lyric, Atomic Sun for Everyone, that's that reference. It, it is interesting, right? I mean, there are potential disasters. I mean, we've seen them with, you know, what happened in Fukushima, things along those lines. But if we're talking about things that might, I, again, I know there are people that don't, they don't believe in climate change, whatever, even if you don't, there's an argument for this for geopolitical reasons and financial reasons. Because if you don't have to buy, like if this is what you can use to help eventually fuel electric cars, because right now you have to burn coal to do it. Well, if you can back off of all of these resources that are going to run out at some point, right? They're, we're not making any more coal. It takes millions of years to make these fossil fuels in the natural way. These things could be solutions. I just thought it was interesting because U2 was very famous for protesting nuclear energy and now they're like well you know what we were wrong
333 DGS on X. Chris Cuomo coming up at the top of the hour. Dave Murray joined us now. Hello, Dave. Hello there. So before we get into the delightful forecast, uh, we've been talking uh, more than I planned on today, actually, about uh, last night and Kevin McCarthy and all that. And you're a smart guy that's been around. What did you think of all that? Um, Politics to the worst. Just politics to the worst. I just I feel like we're just out of control, that the government is out of control. The Senate is Senate and the Congress out of control, I should say. I just have a problem with it all. I, I think he got a bum deal. I don't know the inner workings, but I hate when that happens to anybody. It does. Like Amy Markers always says, we're living in an unserious time. And I agree. Like I was just. Sometimes I, I have to rein myself in because I feel like I could do four hours on this every day. But just there's an for me personally, there's an overall feeling like wheels, even in sports. Mm-hmm. I know that we have some of the greatest athletes we've ever had in in the history of athletics. But somehow, Dave, maybe you'll get this. Somehow my childhood, adolescence and young man time, it just seemed like everyone tried harder worked harder, was more serious. You had Tom Landry standing on the sideline looking like Tom Landry. Yeah. You know, there's just something, there's something, again, my my oldest analogy is playing pickup basketball, and after two or three games of serious ball, someone throws up a half-court hook shot, and no one takes it seriously again. I just feel like that's happened, and I I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the key word in sports, though, is seemed like. Because these guys spend 20 hours in the weight room every week that guys back in the day didn't do. They do all this other stuff. And the, the thing that I love about the sports analogy is in sports, there are rules and they are enforced. You can't pull nonsense. You can't be like, you know what? We're not playing by the rules I today. I that last night, Wheels, when I was watching Kevin McCarthy and thinking maybe I'm an institutionalist. <clears throat> I was thinking about, well, what if you played basketball? And you said, I'm not a very good dribbler. Yep. I'm just going to carry I'm it. just going to run with the ball. I'm just going to run yeah. with the ball. Yeah. That's easier for me. Yeah, I can't make, you know what? I want this one to count for four points. Yeah. I say this shot counts for four. But doesn't that only count if dribbling isn't an official rule? It's more of an unspoken, we're all going to do that. Because that's the kind of norms that are being disrupted. It's not the stuff that's actually written down. Like, hey, we don't do this under any circumstances. It's just the things that people have had the decency. It's a very to, interesting point. To mm. infer over the years. And so now people are going, that. eh, I don't have to do that anymore. Well, I think I would say January 6th was trying to change yeah, the rules. Yeah, that's changing the rules. Yeah. That's running with yeah. the basketball. Yeah. But, but I, stuff I like yesterday. The soft, the soft stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Rach. Yeah. Different things. Yeah, pull, pulling the fire alarm is changing the rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. For How sure. we treat each other's. Yeah, yeah, we blew right past that one. The guy who's like, oh, I didn't know, you know that I was pulling the I fire alarm. I pulled mistake. that fire alarm. Just, just, <laughs> just to kind of wrap it up, what Rach is talking about, there's a word for that. The difference between an actual rule and an unwritten rule and it's called sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've always had that in politics as well and life. And I feel like and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just clutching my pearls, but it just seems like we've lost a great deal of sportsmanship in life. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I like that. Good a call. Great analogy. Yeah. Okay, now let's do the fabulous forecast. All right. Two cool fronts coming through. The first one is actually coming through right now. We've had some showers, knock the temperature back, rain cool there. Still some showers around tonight, still some showers around on Thursday because the second cool front still has to come through. Could be a rumble of thunder, a flash of lightning, but that's probably about it. 72 on Thursday, 
52 Thursday night. Rain gets out of the picture. Friday, lots of sunshine. It's windy from the northwest. Some puffy fair weather clouds making that sky look like classic fall. 68 for the high on Friday. 42 Friday night. 62 Saturday. Lots of sunshine. That's probably the coolest day of the weekend. 42 Saturday night. Sunday sunny. And 68. Let's do that again. Monday, Columbus Day. A holiday for everybody. Mm. Mm. Not, not everybody. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> not when you're in the SAG after union, baby. <laughs> well, uh, in Illinois, like everybody gets off of all, all the government workers are off work and they don't have school and stuff. And here in Missouri, I don't think yeah. that's the case. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I, since Phoebe's not in school, school anymore, like I, I'm no longer attuned to when people are off for holidays. I just know that I'm not. (laughs) So I want to do a couple of headlines, Rach. Sure. Headlines is brought to you by Schnucks. Get your groceries delivered or use curbside pickup with the Schnucks Rewards app. So the UK prime minister wants to ban smoking by raising the legal age every year. His proposal would raise the legal smoking age by one year every year until eventually the entire population (laughs) would be considered underage. Interesting. The current legal smoking age is 18. So by the year 2040, it would be illegal for anyone under 35 to smoke cigarettes. That's a little, I mean, I Come get on. the point of <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to stamp it out, but I mean, people should be allowed to make their own choices. At do that with day, alcohol right? too, then. Why not alcohol? Does it not have the same kinds of health? Not, not the exact do same, driving but similar. A car, do yeah. it with, you know, eating an apple. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yum, apples. Mm-hmm. I got one right here. A Russian TV reporter has been sentenced to prison for criticizing the Ukraine invasion. Eight and a half years in prison, actually, for speaking out. Right there, guys. That's what's yeah. different about Russia and the United yeah. States. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's okay to oppose their actions when they're doing terrible things. No, we, we, need, to, we need to always keep that sitting on our desk. That as bad as we have it, we have it better than most anyone else in the world. Yes. And Y'all we, heard it. Heard a great quote today. I was listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's got a new book out uh, about how to be better in life. And he said, I travel all over the world. And people always say to me, can you help me get into the United States? He said, I've never heard anybody say, can you help me get into China? Can you help me get into Russia? Can you help me get into India? He said, you have to remember, we are still the greatest country in the world, but we seem to be forgetting about that. Yeah. Uh, Moving on here, eating disorder hospitalizations increased during COVID. This is according to new research published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. The observed rate of hospital visits for eating disorders in adolescents in the 30 months after the start of the pandemic increased 121 percent over the expected rate. I guess that makes sense since people are at home and they have idle hands and they're eating more and putting on weight. Um, It hasn't affected me because I'm not on social media, but I just feel terrible for everyone, but especially young women because of social media and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that is just, I mean, I, I said this like 23 years ago, how ridiculous our standards are that even back when there was just magazines, you take the most genetically gifted people on the planet 
and then you starve them, and then you get the best photographers, and you light them the most perfect way you can, and then once we got the technology, you airbrush them. Yeah, you touch it up. It's like, that's not even close to what humans look like, Mm -hmm. and now it's not just magazines doing it or television or movies. We're all doing it, I guess, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you can use filters and Facetune and all sorts of different things to make your photo look different, and I think that maybe like a preteen girl who's on Instagram for the first time is not understanding that what she's seeing isn't real. So I think you're totally right, Dave. It's very sad and very scary. Um, First Lady Jill Biden is urging women to get mammograms. In a new public service announcement, she explained that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and she's asking women to put their health first. Take a moment to talk to your doctor about whether it's time for your mammogram or other cancer screenings. There is no one-size-fits-all approach, but we know that early detection of cancer saves lives. And my final story here, the TSA is saying no pets in x-ray machines at the airport. This is in preparation for the busy holiday travel season. The Transportation Security Administration is reminding pet owners about the proper way to get through security when traveling (laughs) with an animal. Uh, A spokesperson says there have been multiple instances of people putting their pets through the x-ray machines at security checkpoints. But x-ray machines are not for animals. So don't do that to your little doggy or cat. Don't put them in the x-ray machine, people. Wow. Let me say another thing here. Since we're settling the business of the five families, um, I think that going through TSA check is analogous to the way I feel about the government and life in general. There are rules, and you can be penalized harshly if you break them. But other than that, it's a complete chaos circus, you know? Do you guys feel that? Like when you get in line at TSA, I don't feel like, oh, we got the right people on this one. <laughs> well, they're like, take off your jacket yeah, right now. I mean, now. it just feels like complete <laughs> chaos and like, okay. It's for show. I mean, it's for sure. no, I mean it's it. I mean show. it because I don't, if you think that people that want to do something similar to September 11th are just going to try to do the exact same thing the next time, you're crazy. They will do it differently. The, the reason that worked is because it was something that nobody saw coming, or at least the general public certainly didn't. And if the, if the officials did, they certainly did a bad job of preventing it. And the next thing, whatever it would be, is going to be different. Dave, I honestly don't remember the details of flying pre-9-11. Do you? Like, what didn't we have to do back then? <laughs> you just you just kind of walked in. Yeah. I, mean, I, re- I remember <laughs> I remember times where... Like if if my parents were flying in, you'd meet them at the gate. Yeah, you didn't have to go through anything. You'd sit there at the gate, wait them to you know get off the plane, and bang, they hey mom and dad here. Let me help you with this. Let me help you with that. I had a uh, <laughs> at a flight in college where we were. I was getting there. I was late, like late, late. I just ran from the front door to the airplane. Like you just zzz, no, you just go as fast as you can, whipping around. It was like a whole bunch. It's oh, this- like a different universe. I don't know if I've ever told this story. We were flying home to St. Louis from Honolulu, and we were visiting with some friends, missed the exit to the airport, basically late as late can be. Now, this is before any check-ins or anything like this. Had a rental car, knew I couldn't get that car back, pulled up to the curb, talked to, this was TWA days. They said, don't worry about it. We're going to take in your luggage. 
I wasn't flying first class or anything. Don't worry about the car. We'll take with it. Wow. Go. Just run to the gate. Wow. We're going to let them know you're coming. And we'll try to hold the door open, but we can't hold it very long. So run as fast as you can. <laughs> and wow. I'm thinking, wow. That's got to be something like for like Rach and Andrew and anybody younger. That's like, sounds so bizarre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I flew once uh, pre 9-11, not by myself, but with my family. And I, I mean, I guess I don't remember being held up in any long lines or anything like that. I was like, you know. And, and you wonder old. whether this is just, like, the bare minimum. Like, it's only going to become more cumbersome in the future as people do stuff that we're not expecting. You know, like the taking the shoes off thing because that one guy that tried to light his shoe. Mm -hmm. You oh, wonder no. if they'll ever go, okay, we're comfortable that that's not going to happen. You can leave your shoes on. Or if it's like Wheel says, it's just for show. It is. I mean... It, well, just, if you're pre-TSA, you don't have to take your shoes off. TSA pre-check, baby. Isn't it amazing, yeah. though, that one person tries something one time and forever it changes everything about what you're doing? Why are, okay, how extensive was your pre-TSA checkpoint? So they do a background check. They do. Yeah. They take your fingerprints, but I didn't have to. I mean, I basically just went in there and did my fingerprints and they scanned my passport and, you know, just made sure that I was who I said I was. See, that yeah. seems sketchy to me because it's not unheard of for a normie like you to become radicalized or <laughs> threatened or blackmailed or whatever. Like, if I'm the bad guys, that's what I'm doing. Well, my stuff still has to go through security. It's like Dave said, though, I just don't have to take off my shoes. And hopefully I don't have to go through the full body scan thing where they, like, are basically looking at you naked. It Even I get a me out every time. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. <laughs> what are you going to do? Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. All right. Well, on a day we're talking about political crap, here's here's a local one. Uh, for the past several years, we have worked literally next to a drug park. Yeah. Uh, wheels or I, if we got a good run, could throw a baseball and hit it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's where the firefighters park is, and there are always dozens of people there, lots of homeless people, and it's just drug deal, drug deal, drug deal, people strung out on drugs. That's what it is. We all know that's what it is. That's what it is. Yep. Right across market from City Hall. Yes. And then we've had people, uh, homeless people, putting up a little tent city in front of City Hall. Mm -hmm. So I'm more concerned with the drug park because at least the other one's somewhat an act of civil disobedience. Yeah. The drug park is just, hey, welcome to St. Louis. Here's a drug park. And it's been there for at least five years. No one does jack crap about it. But suddenly there's a fence up around it that says, oh, oh it's under repair. Yeah, and, close uh, for reparation or uh, re restoration. They're moving the, the tent people out from City Hall. Well, coincidence of coincidences, the DNC is coming into town and then Kamala Harris is going to be here. And that pisses me off. How dare you, whoever it is, whether it's the mayor or a comptroller or the, the street crew, whoever it is, how dare you let it be fine for me to walk around with a drug park there, but if someone important flies into town, we fix it. And so I'm assuming it'll stay fixed, right? Sure. Like when Kamala leaves <laughs> next Monday, it's going to be well, sure it's not going to be back because yeah. that would really make you look bad. The signs say close for restoration. So what are we restoring in the drug park? 
There's one statue. There's nothing right? in there. There's a statue, and it's <laughs> and the only thing in there that's benches. fine. Yeah. Tell me I'm not important without telling me I'm not important. You know? Mm-hmm. It's fine for St. Louisans to deal with that. Just not Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. If you come down for a blues game, you're literally kitty corner from Enterprise Center. And you're right across the street from Peabody. If I'm wrong, then what was the impetus? What was it that triggered that you said, oh, my goodness, we should put up a, a, a fence and keep these people out and restore something? I would love to know what that was. Here, you want to know? I've got the answer. Let's hear it. Uh, the mayor said, there was no coincidence of the timing. We just decided it was time to stop. Uh-huh. Why didn't you decide that two years ago? Yeah. Or six months ago. And you know what? We'll see if she's telling the truth or not, because when Kamala leaves, we'll see how long it takes for it to be back. Before those fences go down? That's right. Yeah. Once the restoration's done, I'm guessing <laughs> There's the no drug park's going to be back. I'm, I mean, I could, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge and admit, I could be totally wrong. There's no restoration of the drug park going No, on. they're tricking the vice president is what they're doing. Well, just don't treat us like we're that stupid. Please, can you at least do that? Can we get one thing out of the city of St. Louis? Can you not treat us like we're complete idiots while you do stuff like that? Just insulting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 